Hi, and welcome to the Oil and Gas Accounting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tom Weyerman, Executive Director of COPUS, the Council of Petroleum Accountant Societies. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Sherwood, owner and founder of Sherware, that provides software for oil and gas operators and accountants. If you're a CPA, an accountant, a bookkeeper, an office manager, or if you're an oil and gas operator doing your own accounting, this podcast is for you. We're here talking with the experts in their respective accounting areas to keep you up to speed on the latest accounting news, rules, and data. There is so much happening in the world today, especially in oil and gas, that affects the accounting function of a business. Our job on this podcast is to keep you up to date and help you see more, know more, and do more as an accounting professional in our field. Let's get started. Well, here we are with another episode. Phil Sherwood here with my co-host, Tom Wireman. What are you excited about today, Tom? Well, you know, I, like, I live a simple life sometimes. I'm excited for my glass of iced tea that I have sitting here next to me. But no, really, actually, I'd like to just say uh, we had a chance to attend the NAPAC conference here recently, and uh, it was so nice to see people again. It was so nice to connect with people that I haven't seen for a year and a half and actually get to see their smiling faces because in Texas, there were no masks. So I know that sounds simple and, and uh, things, but it got me excited. So you ask and there you go. Well, you know, I'm also excited about today's topic. So, you know, ESG is the acronym for environmental social governance. The three broad categories are interest areas for socially responsible investors. ESG isn't a new term necessarily, but it's receiving a lot of attention as the pool of investors is shifting towards the millennial generation. More activist investors, participation at shareholder meetings, and actively working to influence company policy and practice. At least that's how I understand ESG. So why don't you take a minute and introduce our guest today, Phil, and we can learn a whole lot more about this topic from him. You bet. I'm excited about this episode also, because today we have as our guest, Dennis McGowan, CPA. He's a Senior Director, Professional Practice at the Center for Audit Quality. Welcome to the podcast, Dennis. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Phil. Really excited to be here. Yeah, Dennis, it's great to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So as you noted, I'm a senior director in the professional practice at, at the Center for Auto Quality. I lead, you know, technical and, and policy, you know, oriented projects that, that affect public company auditors. In that work, I work with a broad set of stakeholders, including our member firms, board members, public company management, investors, and, and others to, you know, identify, develop, and, and, and seek consensus on, on issues that, that affect, you know, the public company auditing profession. And, and one such topic I've been spending a lot of time um, leading leading our efforts on at the CAQ has been ESG efforts. And, and, and so, so the, the momentum with, with that reporting and, 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 you know, potential for assurance has, we've really seen, you know, heat up over the last, you know, 18 months or so. Prior to the CAQ, I spent about 10 years at a big four accounting firm um, in, in their assurance practice. So I'm a, an auditor by, by background, and, and I've been at the CAQ for about five years now. You, you know, Dennis, recently I had an opportunity to sit with a, uh, a group of audit executives that make up the audit subcommittee for the American Petroleum Institute. And they, uh, they got together because they have been asked by their boards to, to do a little work as, uh, you know, validate some of the ESG reporting and stuff that's coming out. So, you know, this, it was really an interesting topic. We only got to spend about 45 minutes to an hour talking about it, but, you know, they were sharing stories back and forth or ideas among them peer to peer to kind of how, how they would go about looking at some of these pieces of information and how they validated it. But so could you tell us a little bit more about what ESG is and why it's important? 
Sure. And, and, and maybe even to, to level six, I know I introduced myself, but just a, a bit about the CAQ before getting into kind of what ESG reporting is for, for, for those listeners that maybe aren't as, as familiar with CAQ um, or which, which is the Center for Audit Quality. You know, we're a, a nonprofit association of, of, of U.S. public company audit firms and, and our, our, our member audit firms, you know, audit more than probably 80% of, of all public companies in, in the United States. Our governing board is comprised of the, the U.S. CEO. Of, of eight you know, leading public company auditing firms. We also have the, the AICPA CEO, Barry Melanson, is also on our board. And then we also have three independent public board members. And you know, really the CAQ is, is dedicated to enhancing investor confidence and, and, and public trust in, in the global capital markets. And, and you know, the, the public company auditing profession, you know, we think plays kind of a key role in supporting you know, investor confidence and, and, and fostering trust and integrity. And so you know, when, 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 you know, I think about that question, you know, what is ESG or environmental social governance reporting? You know, I think like our economy and, and, and capital markets, you know, the, the nature and type of, of company prepared information presented by, 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 by companies to, to, to the public has, has, evolved over time. And, and, you know, I think today, you know, it really reflects the fact that, you know, today companies create and, and measure value in, in ways that, that, that go beyond, you know, their, their, the traditional, you know, financial statements like property, plant, and equipment. And I think this has really led to, you know, demand from investors for, for, for companies, you know, to, to generate public facing information, you know, in addition to the traditional, you know, financial statements that are, that are prepared in accordance with GAAP. Sustainability reporting or ESG reporting um, provides, you know, stakeholders with, with information about the company's activities related to, to ESG matters and, and how the company is maybe addressing or, or making progress on those, those ESG priorities and, and commitments. So that's what I would say kind of in a nutshell to me, what, what, what ESG reporting is. Dennis, that's an interesting uh, definition of ESG. Can you dumb that down for me a little bit? Uh, you talked about sustainability. If you were explaining this to a sixth grader, how would you do that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the E is, is kind of those, you know, environmental, you know, matters. The, the S is those, the, the, those social matters and, and governance is, is, is kind of the, 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 those, those governance type, type issues. So it's kind of making up our, our ES and, and, and G. And I think that, you know, if you take, for instance, the environment, what is the company's greenhouse gas emissions and what are the impacts that the, the, the what greenhouse gases are they emitting? And so, you know, I think there's probably a lot of attention these days on the E kind of related to, 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 to climate matters. But I think that all three of them are, you know, when, when I think about it, are risks to a business's long-term value. And how is a company, you know, identifying those, those types of risks and, and, you know, the, you know, and, and, and making commitments or, 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 you know, actions related to those risks to make sure they're continuing to, to create value for, for their shareholders. That's a great definition. How would you define social governance? What's all involved in that? From from social, it's it's maybe kind of you know priorities around community, 
um, you know, what, 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 what priorities, you know, does the company have around community and, and, and the, the, their commitments to the communities in which their, their businesses operate. And then governance, I think is, you know, that's probably the, the most, in some ways, a bit foundational, right. Uh, around kind of how there's good, you know, governance around kind of the board diversity, how they oversee the, the reporting of, of information. So, so, so that's how probably a little bit more I'd say on, on the S and the G itself. Well, why are investors uh, interested in in company prepared ESG information? What what why would they want to have that? So so you know I think you know if, when you look at um, the, this past year, I think that we've really seen the movement or, or investment of, of of funds into sustainable funds in the U.S. kind of at a, at a record pace. I think according to a Morningstar report, I think in 2020, you know, 51 billion dollars flowed into sustainable funds, and that's nearly 10 times more uh, than the amount that flowed into sustainable funds in in, in 2018. So I mean, to me that's, you know, a, a strong indication of, of the value that in investors and, and others are, are placing on companies that are committed to ESG priorities and, and the direction companies and boards are moving. You know, as that asset flow, you know, increases, I think investors are increasingly asking for and relying on on information about you know ESG matters um, that 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 that's outside of the historical you know financial statements. You know I think that investors you know increasingly are finding such information helpful in understanding a company's long term you know value creation story. The information enables you know investment managers to to manage the, their investments based upon ESG risks. Um, and 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 you've really seen leading assets managers like like BlackRock releasing statements, you know, expressing the importance of company prepared ESG information and and, and high quality ESG disclosure. I think that's why um, investors, you know, are are so interested in this information. Yeah. So why and how are public companies increasingly reporting their ESG information? How are they going about that? You know, I think investor demand has has really um, resulted in company action. You know, ESG reporting. You know, at one time was probably considered more a, a cutting edge, or or only a few a few um, reported that that information. But I think as more you know more and more investors are asking for it the more more and more companies are are disclosing ESG information in accordance with you know frameworks frameworks and standards so, so maybe a few years ago we saw you know ESG reporting um sit, sit more kind of a you know marketing type documents whereas i think today it really is intended to to inform you know investment decisions and i think you know following frameworks and standards that are out there enables for companies to disclose ESG information that that then is comparable to to perhaps their peer companies that are following a a similar standard or, or framework. You know, I think that while some ESG information may sit in a 10K or, or SEC submission, I think, you know, to me, or, you know, at least from, from the analysis that, that we've done, you know, the majority of this company prepared ESG information, you know, is, is sitting in a sustainability report or a CSR report. And I think in those instances, the information's not, you know, in, in, in a 10K um, or an S, you know, and, and I think it's important to note that when at least, you know, we're I sit, you know, kind of representing, you know, the, the audit profession, you know, I think that when, you know, there's, there's ESG information in a standalone report, that's not the, the 10K, you know, the auditor's responsibility for that information is, is not, 
not necessarily there. You know, certainly if there is, you know, references to ESG information in, in a 10K, a document that contains the audited financial statements, then the auditor does have a responsibility to kind of read and, and, and consider that information and whether it contains, you know, a, you know whether it's, you know, materially inconsistent with the audited financial statements themselves or contain a material misstatement of fact, which is, you know, definitely, you know, not, not, not necessarily, you know, the same as an audit, but, but there is some responsibility when, when the information's in, in a 10K where the audited financial statements are. But, but I think largely this information is, is, is in standalone reports that, that don't contain, you know, audited financial statements. The other thing to note too, is that I think um, the department's responsible for preparing and, and reporting ESG information can vary across companies. So, so, so I noted, I said earlier, you know, about kind of at one point, some of this reporting being a bit more kind of marketing type documents. I think, you know, as as we're seeing kind of the, the shift and, and maturity of, of, of the reporting of this information, you, you might see that the finance function might take a little bit more ownership. But at the same time, though, I do think that since other departments have been involved in, in, in kind of gathering and reporting this information is probably more than the finance team that would be, be be involved. So I think that's a bit on kind of, you know, how companies are 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 responding to 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 the demand for this information and and how they're going about reporting the information. You had brought up the idea of frameworks. Are there some common frameworks out there that companies are increasingly using to make these reports more uniform? Is AICPA or any institutions coming out? with some frameworks? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's, um, that's a really good question. I think, you know, uh, from a level setting standpoint, you know, to me, you know, frameworks provide kind of, you know, help company determine, help companies determine kind of, you know, the, the topics to cover maybe. So, so, so TCFD, for example, is a framework related to, to, to climate. And I think that's helping companies navigate what, what topics within climate do they want to cover for their disclosure. And, and then a standard enables kind of companies to determine what metrics to or, or, or how they then cover those topics. So, so SASB would be an example of a standard that could be used to report kind of specific, you know, metrics um, that maybe are within kind of those topics laid out by the TCFD framework. You know, I think that GRI is 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 a standard that we hear, and and I would say that I think TCFD and SASB really are kind of probably a standard standards and frameworks that really get at um, kind of the information investors are looking for. Whereas GRI is probably a standard that maybe enables companies to report, you know, metrics or information um, that that would be that, you know, a diverse set of stakeholders would find, you know, useful or helpful. Um, So so those are some of the the, the common frameworks and and, and standards that that, um, that, that, that we've seen. And and I'll plug, um, you know, we've got a CAQ resource, um, the the role of um, the auditor in um, company prepared ESG information, present and future. And we've got some good good details on kind of how to think about frameworks and standards and some examples of, of frameworks and standards. And so I encourage people to, to check that out, which is you know available on our website, www.thecaq.org, free of charge. Hey, we'll put what that you- info in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be great. That's awesome. Yeah, because the other thing I would mention too, kind of from the, the frameworks and standards perspective, is that I think in the fall of last year, we, we saw some announcements coming from some of the 
the the the well-known you know sustainability or, or ESG you know standard and, and and framework setters, and I think that that's showing us kind of how the different frameworks and standards today can 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 be perhaps interoperable um, to meet the needs of of users of of information, and so I think that you know because I think you know you you do hear companies right to talk about kind of the challenge of of navigating this this landscape of, of, of many frameworks and standards. And it's like, where do I start? And I think that, you know, the, the, the fact that, um, and even some, some, some analysis we've done the S and P 100, you know, a lot of companies reference more than one framework or, or standard. And I think that's because, you know, the, the, the frameworks and standards have, you know, different targeted audiences maybe maybe or 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 you know different intents and so that's how i think they can be used together to meet the needs of of users and i think we'll see what happens with um you know the ifrs foundation is is talking about setting up standing up a sustainability standard setter and 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 hopefully you know any work there right would would um benefit from you know leveraging the existing frameworks and, and standards and not necessarily you know starting from from scratch with a, another framework or standard what other kind of trends are you seeing i mean if 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 you think about metrics and that sort of thing are, are there other trends that you've noticed yeah, so, I mean, I, I'd say so. We are seeing, you know, so we did, I mentioned our analysis of S&P 100 companies. You know, we did find that um, 11, so, so, you know, 80% of companies subjected um, their 80% of S&P 100 companies. And, and this is all the most, the auditor in me, I have to disclaim this. This is the most recent ESG report, you know, available as of uh, March 12th um, to 2021. But we saw is that, you know, companies, all of them, you know, report something, you know, from an ESG standpoint in 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 the S and P 100 companies, mo- largely, you know, in standalone reports outside of SEC submissions. 80% of 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 S and P 100 companies subjected um, the information to some form of assurance or verification. 11% of that um, was from public company auditors. Um, so 11 companies had had some of their their ESG information um, assured by by public company auditors, and I. I think the the other interesting thing is that the the scope of of that assurance or, or what was covered was not necessarily the entire ESG report, but maybe some specific metrics. Um, so, so the most common being greenhouse gas emissions, and, and then maybe some waste and water consumption were, were others that, that sometimes were were assured. Um, there and there were you know there were a few I think that had you know what we called multiple metrics um, assured or, or verified, um, which I think, which I think shows you that, you know, this, vo- you know, right now, right, this is a voluntary system that companies are disclosing this ESG information, you know, above and beyond their their, their financial statements and even obtaining assurance over it is, 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 is voluntary. And so, you know, it's happening. Um, and, and so that's some of the, the takeaways from, from what we're seeing in, in the S&P 100. And, and we are doing this analysis of the full S&P 500. So, so, so stay tuned for, you know, more to come. And, and this is all available on our website as well. So we can also send you a link of this for the, the show notes too. How do you think ESG and re- ESG reporting rather uh, will affect the oil and gas industry? Is it something that oil and gas accountants should be paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, certainly ESG 
risks, you know, are going to affect every industry in, in, in one way or another. Climate change is certainly high on the Biden administration's list of priorities. You know, globally, more, more countries are, are, are demanding that the companies are, are you know, requiring, this is probably not the right word, requiring that, um, you know, companies report, you know, ESG information. Um, you know, Europe has a couple initiatives underway um, that, that affects, you know, companies, public and private, as well as investment products. So, so I think that, you know, you're going to see shifts in, in, in kind of the disclosures, you know, outside the U.S., you know, as well. Um, you know, I think the the SEC, we, we've seen start to take some steps to respond to climate and, and, and other ESG risks and, and opportunities. I think one such example was Commissioner Lee, the then acting chair, did did um, put out a, a request for public input on climate disclosure, and and so um, that's something that I think to watch out for. I mean, comments are due on that, you know, June thirteenth. I think that. Um, you know, based on on statements and other things from the SEC, it'll be you know interesting to see kind of what what they do next after this this comment period closes. I mean, I think you know it's certainly a priority for them, and 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 you know it, it could either be you know an updating of the 2010 guidance or or you know updates to to, to their, their their requirements, their their disclosure requirements through through rulemaking. Um, I think some statements of of late, I, I would more expect that it's likely that they they could go the rulemaking route versus versus guidance. But I think, you know, everyone should pay attention to, to, to what's happening at the SEC and, and how that will impact kind of their their, their requirements for, for, for what information they're disclosing um, around climate and, and other um, ESG risks. I think, you know, acting um, director of, of CorpFin, John Coates, I think he, he mentioned kind of not just climate, but but DE&I, as well as human capital, um, being other disclosure areas where, where, where they may write some new, new new requirements. And so I think the oil and gas industry, like all, all, all industries, should be um, paying attention to what's happening at the SEC and, and how that in influences or, or impacts what they're required to be disclosing in, in their, their, their SEC submissions and, and in other places, depending on how those, those rules or guidance are drafted. Yeah, so now it's voluntary to report, but you see it coming down the pike that it probably isn't going to be voluntary for much longer. Yes, I would. I would say that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I think that you know there there are some of the view that that even in this voluntary system, it's not completely voluntary, right? That there are disclosure requirements where I'm sure climate and 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 and, and even but you know beyond climate that because because I do think it's important. You know, I think climate, ESG, these can sometimes, in my opinion, be, you know, politicized terms. And, and, and I think that, you know, it all boils down to their, their business risks that, that fit into those, those different categories. Right. And, right. and so certainly, right. There, there's probably disclosure requirements, even, you know, financial reporting, somehow some of these things are already being considered in some way, way or form, but I think a more, specific requirement, perhaps more specific or more prescriptive requirements could be coming down the, the pike to maybe make this voluntary system more scalable, to, to create more comparability in the information that that, that companies are, are putting out. Because I think that 
you know, the, the, the mechanisms for disclosure now, there's not as much um, comparability. And I think that, you know, perhaps, you know, some more and not necessarily advocating for prescriptive requirements, just, just saying that if there were, you know, perhaps that would be, you know, one outcome would be more, more comparability, depending on, on how those requirements and, and, and whatnot are, are, are um, drafted. I want to follow up with a two-part question. You had mentioned metrics, and I can see this. I'm sure it's going to be a burden on a lot of companies because how do you come up with these metrics? I mean, these are things you haven't really thought about overall. I mean, people have started thinking about them, but how do you advise companies to determine the metrics, You know, the numbers that they come up with? How do, does the Center for Audit Quality recommend public companies establish good ESG governance? No, that, I mean, that's a, um, a very good, good question. Um, you know, I mean, I think good governance plays a, a critical role in, in a company's ability to produce high quality, accurate and, and reliable information. ESG initiatives are, are often, you know, maybe managed separately from the rest of the business in, in functions such as, you know, specific sustainability functions, marketing, corporate communications, et cetera. And I think the, the same level of rigor applied to the measurement and reporting of financial information could be and should be applied to, to sustainability reporting. Um, and I think, you know, to, to establish that effective governance, you know, the CAQ, you know, and, and, and we've got a resource that we put out. I mean, I think, you know, establishing that effective governance starts with, you know, conducting a, a materiality or, or risk assessments to determine what, which ESG topics are, are important or, you know, material to the organizations, its, its, its investors and, and other stakeholders. Making sure there's appropriate oversight of, of, you know, material ESG matters, you know, whether that's board oversight, you know, audit committee, et cetera, but, but, but making sure, you know, similar to how there's, there's oversight of, of financial reporting, making sure there's, there's, there's good oversight of, of, of ESG reporting. You know, integrating and, and aligning, you know, material ESG topics into kind of the enterprise risk management process and, and integrating kind of ESG matters into the overall kind of company strategy. And I think, you know, some, some of this stuff may, may already be happening, but I think those are some of the things we think companies can do to kind of establish, you know, good, good governance over this information. You know, I think um, to, to the point of, you know, determining the metrics and, and things like that, I mean, I think that that is some of, you know, looking to the different frameworks and standards to inform how to organize kind of the topics to cover and, and, and what to follow to kind of determine what those metrics are. Um, but I think, you know, certainly, you know, companies are all in, in, in different places and in, in their reporting journey for this information. And, and I just encourage them to, to start somewhere. You know, I think we've got some really great resources out there to help them um, get up to speed on, on, on what ESG reporting is, what it is and how the, the role of the auditor can enhance the, the reliability of, of the information um, and, 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 and go from there. We've talked a little bit about this, but what are your predictions for the regulatory perspective? I mean, what where do you think this ESG reporting is is heading? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. I, mean, I think certainly, you know, there's there's you know, as we were talking about earlier, there's no single standard or framework um, that, that companies are are using to determine. Um, what and when to to do and where and how to disclose ESG information. I mean, I think we mentioned the kind of the common ones being TCFD, GRI, SASB. Um, I think we, you know, we've already mentioned, you know, that that oftentimes companies will use more than one of these because 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 you know they they are um, in, interoperable. And I think you know, with watching what what's happening, you know. 
a global level at the IFRS Foundation, you know, and and, and perhaps establishing a, a sustainability standards board. I think watching what's happening, you know, at the SEC, um, you know, the developments in Europe, just to kind of name, you know, a, a couple of things. I mean, I think that we're moving towards some sort of, you know, I mean, certainly in the EU, they have moved to 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 to, to some, some some specific requirements. I think perhaps. You know, with what's happening in the U.S. and, and the SEC, we might see, and, and I'm and not necessarily the same as what the EU did, but 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 but, but perhaps a, a you know movement towards some some prescriptive um, requirements, depending on how they they, they approach that. Um, I mean, I think the IFRS Foundation effort is, and, and the the potential establishment of SSB at that level is you know an opportunity for there to maybe be a global. Um, baseline of requirements that then could be the starting point for jurisdictions to tailor their requirements and their needs to what's been kind of established at kind of that global minimum. Because um, I think, you know, the the, the CAQ's ver- view certainly is that, you know, a, a globally accepted system, you know, that's built from existing standards and frameworks that can be adapted to the market needs in, in different jurisdictions would help companies, you know, present comparable, you know, ESG information to, to investors. What's the role of a public company auditor in in company prepared ESG information, what you know, what is their role, and how do you see that is um, maybe in the future? Sure, I mean, I think that the health and stability of our, our our capital markets, you know, depend on company reported information that's reliable, comparable, and and relevant. As I think about public company auditors, you know, in 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 our public interest role, U.S. public company auditors, I think play play a role in the flow of um, reliable information for decision-making, um, you know, like the audits of the financial statements and internal control over financial reporting, you know, third-party assurance from a, you know, public company auditor over ESG information, company-prepared ESG information could enhance the reliability of that, that information um, for, for investors and, and other stakeholders. You know, I think there are other other service providers outside the the, the auditing profession um, that that provide you know assurance or verification on on, on certain um, ESG metrics, um, but 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 certainly you know we think that you know the system that we've got for financial statements and kind of the reliability that auditors bring to to that that financial reporting could be transferable to, to ESG reporting and and in some instances we're already seeing some of that 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 happen. Dennis, this has been a fascinating and timely discussion. Before we leave, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about ESG or things they should know? No, I mean, I think just certainly check out the the, the CAQ's resources and don't hesitate to, to to reach out to us if you've got questions or or feedback. I mean, I think that you know we're we're living in interesting times, um, <laughs> and, and um, you know I it, it'll be interesting to see where where all this this goes. And and you know we we want the CAQ to be looked at as a resource that folks could could leverage and 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 definitely check out our resources that are all free of charge um, on our website. Well, Dennis, thank you again so much for being here today. I mean, you've you've really helped us make sense to the ESG topic, and we can't thank you enough for coming on. What's the easiest way for folks to get in touch with you if they'd like to discuss this further and find out more about the Center for Audit Quality? Sure. My on, on our website is um, our, our, my email address is, is on there, which is dmcgowan at the CAQ.org. Okay, great. We'll put that info in the notes to this episode. And this is 
going to be episode 26. So if you go to the oil and gas accounting podcast.com and you click on this episode, you'll get the links and the resources that uh, we've been talking about and also Dennis's contact info. Well, Phil, this brings us to the close of another great episode of uh, discussion on the oil and gas accounting podcast. Listeners, please continue to subscribe and share that podcast with those around you. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. If you're an oil and gas operator who wants to simplify and automate the way you handle distributions, joint interest billings, and you use QuickBooks, you'll want to see a free demo of our software at Sureware. Our software was designed to simplify the distribution and accounting processes for operators by integrating directly with your QuickBooks company. On average, we save our users more than 10 hours each week and $40,000 a year in payroll costs by automating the distribution process from start to finish. All you have to do is go to sureware.com backslash demo right now and book a free walkthrough of the software to see if we can help speed up your distributions. That's all for this week's episode. We are so glad you're a loyal listener and spreading the news about the podcast. Make sure you listen, subscribe, and leave us a review.